Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. John is relentless to show us that Jesus is God. Get your pen. You're going to need it. That Jesus is God. Jesus is not a God. Jesus is not one of many gods. Jesus is not a lesser God. Jesus is the one true and only God. Uh, Say a better amen than that. And if you were with us last time, Uh, I've been explaining to you over the last several weeks that uh, in the Gospel of John, you can find Jesus on every page as God. Uh, There are people who say Jesus never claimed to be God. Uh, They obviously have never read the Gospel of John. I am telling you, on every single page, I might even go as far as to say, like every other comment that Jesus makes, He's claiming to be deity. There's your word for the day. Deity means what? God. He's claiming to be God. Now, the last time we were together, we looked at the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And the interesting thing about John, and as you read through the gospel of John, uh, as John records the miracles, he records the miracles. And look, stay with me. He records the miracle, and then he moves right on. John doesn't give much explanation about the miracle. He doesn't give much uh, details, no glorification, no much description, uh, no dramatization. He just records the miracle, and then he moves on. Look at chapter 6 and verse 11. John, John simply says that Jesus took loaves, and he gave them to his disciples, and they distributed them to the people who were sitting down and they did the same thing with the fish. And then in verse 12, when they were filled, they were gathered up, left 12 baskets of leftovers. The Bible says he just handed out the food and that's it as it relates to this miracle. Keeping in mind that this miracle of Jesus is probably, I venture to say it is, the largest massive miracle in terms of volumes of people, numbers of people that Jesus has done in his ministry. And yet John just seems to blow right over it. He makes no big deal about the miracle. Why? Because I think miracles are great, but perhaps you'll agree God's word is greater. Miracles are great, but his word is greater. It's not so much important of what Jesus did in his ministry. It's more important of what he said in his ministry. 
and what he says is definitive. Miracles simply show divine power, but they can't define it. They can't describe it. Miracles can't show men what is required of them. It's not enough just to see miracles. You got to hear what he says. Well, today Jesus gives a discourse on the bread of life. And some say that this discourse that Jesus gives in this next section here is probably the greatest discourse uh, that he's given um, or the greatest of all discourses. Um, Some say that it's the most beautiful of all the discourses that Jesus gave. Uh, We'll read it together. I've titled this sermon, Behold, Believe, and Be Raised. Behold, Believe, Be Raised. John chapter 6, saints, we're going to pick up in verse 27, although I do realize that we covered verse 27 the last time. I want to start there today. John chapter 6, we look, we're looking at verse 27. If you're looking at verse 27, I want you to say, I'm looking at it. Do not labor, Jesus says, for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then they asked him, they said, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform that we may see and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses, circle the words, did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the, what saints, true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. You know in chapter 6, We're at the high point, I told you last time, not last week, but last time, that we're at the high point of Jesus' Galilean ministry. And he's at the peak of power, and he's at the peak of popularity. And he just fed the 5,000 and probably maybe 15 or 25,000, including uh, women and children. And I told you again, in terms of volume, this is the biggest miracle Jesus has ever done on earth. So there's a multitude of people standing around. In verse 27, Jesus says, Stop laboring for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give. So Jesus is saying, you're looking for the wrong stuff. 
You're working for the perishing food. You should be working for food that endures to everlasting life. And I told you that they're thinking carnal. They're thinking temporal. They're thinking, what kind of bread is this and how do I bake it? Verse 28, look at it. They ask, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus said, this is the work of God. You don't work. You believe. Somebody say a better amen than that. All you have to do is believe and you can have this bread. And again, they don't get it. And they're thinking, okay, believe in you and we can have this bread. They're thinking, wow, this really is superfood. Once you eat it, you don't have to eat it anymore. And it gives you everlasting life. Again, they don't get it. And the problem isn't they doubted his power. The problem is that they didn't understand his purpose or his plan. He wasn't talking about physical bread. He was talking about spiritual bread, bread from heaven. Jesus said, you can't work for the bread from heaven. You have to believe. Look at verse 30. They said, what sign will you perform that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Or if you're so special, then prove it. And keep in mind, these are the same people that Jesus just fed the 5,000 with two fish sandwiches and a couple extra rolls. And they had 12 baskets left over. And they said, we want proof. Interesting. Jesus said, believe. They said, show us a sign. Jesus said, have faith. They said, do a trick. Look at verse 31. So they asked Jesus to show them a sign to prove who he is. And then they say, well, Moses showed us a sign. Verse 31, our fathers ate, y'all getting that? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert and he gave them bread from heaven. And you remember the story in Exodus, don't you? God provided manna for the children of Israel for how many years? Well, y'all said that a little tentative. (laughs) Don't start with me, sir. How many years? 40 years. 40 years. God's (laughs) provided manna for the people in the wilderness. Now, the word manna, if you're taking notes, the words manna means what is it? What is it? So God provided what is it that came down from the sky every day. And they ate the manna every day for 40 years. Think about that. Every day for 40 years. They ate manna. They would go out in the morning, and there's this white coriander seed that tastes like honey, and they would go out, and they would be able to gather for the day, remember? And they couldn't gather for tomorrow. Are y'all listening? They couldn't gather for tomorrow, or or else it would spoil. They had to gather for today. And didn't Jesus come along about 1,500 years later and say, pray like this, give us this day our daily bread? They had to get their daily manna, except on the Sabbath where they could collect and then, you know, so they would have some for the Sabbath. But they ate manna every day for 40 years, and they got sick of it. And they said, man alive, can we get something different? (laughs) And of course, they became very skillful at making manna dishes. Should I do it? (laughs) 
They made manicotti. <laughs> I feel like I want Junior up here on the drums going <laughs> They made banana bread, banana splits. They got sick of it. They could only take enough manna for each day. You know the story. So in our text, they say, yes, Jesus, get this. They say, yes, Jesus, you multiplied what you had, but Moses brought it down from the sky every day. Every day for 40 years, Jesus. What are you going to do? Can you top that? You get that? And look at verse 32. Jesus said, truly, truly, or verily, verily, or you better listen up. Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gave you the true bread from heaven. Look at verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And Jesus says seven times in John's gospel, actually seven times in this chapter, he says he came down from heaven. In verse 33, you taking notes? Verse 33, and you can look them up in your own time. Verse 38, verse 41, verse 42, verse 50, verse 51, verse 58. All say he came down from heaven. 33, 38, 41, 42, 50, 51, 58. He came down from heaven. In other words, Jesus is insinuating his preexistence. He was before Moses. So they're comparing Jesus to Moses, which isn't a comparison at all. And I want you to see something that blew me away yesterday. Jesus blew them away or Jesus completely annihilated their whole comparison of Moses and Jesus by pointing out four mistakes that they made in one sentence. Jesus is smart. I love that. He's smart. In one sentence, Jesus points out four mistakes, and I want you to write them down. He points out four mistakes that they made in comparing Jesus to Moses. Mistake number one, the bread wasn't from Moses. It was from God. Somebody say amen. Exodus 16, 4, I have it for you on the screen, says just that. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Jesus said, you need to reread your Bibles. Moses didn't give you the bread. All Moses did was organize a collection of it. Moses said, you go over there and pick up that much and go over there and pick up that much. But that's all Moses did. He had nothing to do with the manna that came down. Jesus said, Moses did not give you that bread. It came from God, number one. Number two, the second mistake, you think that manna was the true bread from heaven. It wasn't the true bread from heaven. The true bread from heaven came down to the earth to give life to the world. And who's that, saints? Jesus. Mistake number three, the bread that comes down from heaven keeps you alive forevermore. Moses' bread couldn't give you life. The older folks in the wilderness ate that bread and they died in the wilderness. That manna didn't keep them alive. And so it wasn't the true bread. The true bread that gives life is life-giving bread. It has the power to keep death away. Spiritual death, that is. 
And mistake number four, I want you to look at verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the, to the world. Jesus says the manna in the wilderness was only for Israel. The manna that Jesus is talking about is for the entire world. And here's my sanctified imagination. I think Jesus probably said, hey, fellas, come here. Come close. Come close. Give me your ear. And Jesus whispers to these guys. He says, listen, guys. That little bit of blessing was for one little group of people, Israel, in one little spot on the earth, the wilderness. The true bread, me, is for every man, everywhere, in every age, in every place in the world. The true bread is for all people. In other words, everybody needs Jesus. Can I get a witness? Everybody needs Jesus. And to the Jewish mind, to understand something. This is hard for them to digest. Are you listening? This is hard for them to understand and digest because they assumed everything revolved around them. All God's promises, all God's purposes, all God's plans revolved around Israel, they thought. And Jesus is saying, you got a little taste, not the real stuff. All that manna stuff in the wilderness was a prototype, an antitype. The true bread is coming, and it's coming for the whole world. And I want you to notice another comparison between Jesus and manna. Manna came at night. Jesus came when men were in darkness. Manna met physical needs. Jesus meets spiritual needs. Manna was a gift from God. Jesus is God's gift to the world. Manna had to be picked up and eaten. Jesus must be received and appropriated. The bread of God was a gift from the Father, whether it's shaped in manna or the Messiah. Manna was temporary and physical. True bread is eternal and spiritual. Manna was for a few. True bread is for the world. Manna was given for a specific time for physical purpose. True bread is given by God and has eternal purposes. Jesus is saying, listen, fellas, I'm greater than Moses because my bread is the real stuff. My bread is true, spiritual bread that conquers death and gives life not only to Israel, but to the world. And my bread comes directly from God, and I am the true bread. Look at verse 33. Notice the phrase, for the bread of God that came down from heaven. That's an important phrase, because if you're taking notes, write this in your margin next to verse 33. John is talking about the incarnation. The word incarnation means, anybody know? Write it down. God made flesh. God made flesh. Jesus is incarnate. God made flesh. God come down in the form of flesh, incarnate. John likes to talk about the word becoming flesh, doesn't he? In the beginning, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the word became flesh in verse 14. That word became flesh, I'm trying to teach you. The word became flesh is incarnate. He became incarnate. John loves to talk about the word becoming incarnate. Look at verse 38. For I have come down from heaven. The word become flesh. Uh, let's, Let's travel a little bit. Look at chapter 8, verse 42. Turn with me to chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. 
nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Look at chapter 13, verse 3. I love the sound of rustling pages, Bible pages, that is. Chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, was going to God. Look at chapter 16, verse 28. You understand? I'm trying to make a point here. Chapter 16, verse 28. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. Incarnate, chapter 17. Look at chapter 17, verse 8. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Over and over and over, Jesus claims he is God from heaven. Go back to chapter 6 in verse 34. They're thinking, well, maybe he does have this bread. So they said, Give us this bread always. Have you noticed these guys are full of demands? First they demand, prove it. And now they demand, give it. Instead of saying, Lord, what do we have to do to receive it? And look at verse 35. Jesus said in verse 35. Come on, read those first uh, six words with me. I am the bread of life. And he who comes, down, who comes to me, Jesus says, shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Listen, if they didn't get it before, they're getting it now. He's talking about physical food, not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual life. Jesus is talking about food that satisfies the soul. When you meet Jesus, the soul stops thirsting. Somebody say amen. When you meet Jesus, the soul stops hungering. Say amen. And there's a satisfaction when you meet Jesus. Am I right about it? When you meet Jesus, I'm waiting. When you meet Jesus, he becomes your food. When you meet Jesus, he becomes your life. When you meet Jesus, he doesn't become a part of your life. I've heard people say, um, I've heard people say, you know, well, I took Jesus in my heart and now Jesus is a part of my life. Jesus is not a part of your life. Jesus does not want to be a part of your life. Things that make you go, hmm. He doesn't want to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. He doesn't want to be an addition to your life. You're not doing him any favor by making him an addition to your life. Whoopee. Jesus comes in your life and makes your life better, and you've made him a part of your life, doggone it. You're a good person. And Jesus is going, yay. I don't think so. You're doing him no favor by making him a part of your life. He wants to be your life. And how he is your life is that everything that you think about, you think about through his eyes and how he might do it. I usually tell people, I like to tell people, if you want to live a life that's pleasing to God, live your life backward. What's that mean? Live your life from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth. God, what would you do? Okay, I'll do that. 
God, how would you respond? Okay, I respond like that. Okay, this lady just cut me off on the 440. God, what would you do? I would do what God wants me to do. At least I'll give him my darndest. <laughs> my darndest. <laughs> you live your life back. He wants to become your life. And when Jesus becomes your life, then you have a satisfaction in, in your life. And you're not going, I'm trying to help somebody here. You're not going to be satisfied until you make Jesus your life. Because then he will satisfy everything. Your husband can't satisfy you. Your wife can't satisfy you. Your spouse can't make you whole. Only Jesus can make you whole. Only Jesus can satisfy you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.